Hello, I'm Richard Thompson, and this is the Thompson Wright podcast in regards to inheritance tax, and more importantly, protecting your assets from IHT. In the UK, individuals and families who wish to pass on their legacy need to tread very carefully in order to ensure that they are not hit with the hefty inheritance tax bill. Inheritance tax is levied at a rate of 40% of an estate's total value on all the estates valued at more than £325,000. The £325,000 threshold is known as the nil rate band and despite ever-increasing wealth across the country, it's remained frozen at this moment for several years. So I'm going to introduce Sarah Bowen, our tax director, who's also extremely qualified in this area as she's step qualified to discuss through inheritance tax in more details. Hi. Hello, Sarah. So, Sarah, what is inheritance tax and what do we need to know about it? Well, as you said in the introduction, inheritance tax is the tax paid by someone's estate after they pass away above the nil rate band charged at 40%. Um, the other thing to remember is while most people think of IHT as a death tax, if someone gives away assets in the seven years before they die, they can also be charged. I think one thing to remember when we talk about the nil rate band is that most people are married and couples, the nil rate band is transferable. So normally when a couple dies, we're looking at the second person who passes away and therefore we're looking at assets over 650,000. My next question is what steps do we need to take to ensure that we can pass on our legacy in the most efficient manner? Now I would add there that my father said for many years inheritance tax is very simple, probably neither paid by the very wealthy or by the poor because of the um, bans that Sarah's just outlined but is unfortunately paid substantially by Middle England. And equally, it's very easy to avoid it, just give everything away and live seven years. And if you can all tell us how we're going to live, then we can We can do sure. the best tax plan. Totally. But on the basis that that's very unlikely to happen, then we need to answer these questions. So back to the question, what should we do to make IHT uh, or reduce IHT? I think the first step I always say is look at what you've got because you can't reduce a liability until you understand what, what assets you've got, what reliefs you may or may not qualify and what the bill is going to be. Once you know that, once you know what your liability is, then you can start to look at what steps can you take, what efficient investments can I use, what, what, what can I do to start to, to bring that bill down. Excellent. I totally agree. That's, uh, that's the starting point is... What's the problem? Have I got a problem? How big is the problem? And then you can address what are the choices and what you can do to mitigate the problem. Because it isn't going to be one thing is going to cure the whole problem, is it? It's going to be a series of steps and there's maybe some that you don't take till you're in your 80s and there may be steps that you take when you're in your 50s. So you might do more pensions when you're younger and do something different as you get older. Yeah. And I think that's, that's quite right as how we approach things often with clients is the situation that it is not one big bang of a this will sort it. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of this and a bit of that. And the other point being that generally 
most clients aren't totally um, excited about mitigating all inheritance tax. It's about reducing the inheritance tax liability to ensure that is an acceptable level for that particular person. And I think as you outlined before, while obviously giving things away is a way of reducing your inheritance tax, a lot of people don't feel comfortable. They don't know what their future needs of income are going to be. So no one wants to start giving things away, which might leave them without money in the future. Which is another point just to add maybe at this stage then, looking at other investments that allow the client to retain control, the control of the money and retain the ability to take income from their capital whilst mitigating inheritance tax is key and there are investments out there that achieve that in only a two-year window of opportunity. Yeah so you're talking about investments that qualify for business property relief which is the, the same relief you and I as owners of a business are going to get but there are investments that are set up to, to, to obtain that relief in a very short space of time. Yeah, and I've got an ex excellent example of that where we were acting for a client who unfortunately his father died, who was a high court judge, had a very large estate and mum was 90 years of age and we invested over a, a million pounds worth of capital in um, such an investment um, that gained the BPR and um, it's a strange thing, but you actually had a card from the uh, in, uh, from the investment company say effectively you've made it, you've got the two years up, and that money now has a grown substantially, but b is totally outside of the estate. Now she survived two years, and therefore the um, beneficiaries will be better off to the tune of about half a million pounds of tax saving. All legitimate, no issues. No, to say that, that the HMRC did a review a while ago about investments that qualify for business property relief and th there's actually such a small percentage of the population who are aware of them and using them that they don't perceive them to be something that they need to worry about at this stage. So, next question. How will inheritance tax affect my savings being passed on to my beneficiaries? Well, I think you've just given the perfect example yep. of that. If you don't take any steps they're not going to inherit what they think they might inherit. Equally, which I think Richard will probably appreciate with his IFA hat on, if somebody's got to find money very quickly to pay an inheritance tax bill, you might end up selling an asset when it's not the right time to sell it. You might have to, to take a loss or something when actually you'd rather keep that asset till it got a bit stronger because when your inheritance tax is due, it's due straight away and, and HMRC want their money and they, 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 don't, they don't wait around for so it. I think the key coming out of that is that though we might all um, love the investment into property and maybe residential property um, to create an income in retirement, and that may be uh, a very good um, um, result for clients, the problem comes is that is not a flexible investment upon death. Well, the first thing that's a problem with property is, which is a mistake that you and I have come across, even professional people making, is that an investment in property, even though landlords, we're not denying work very hard, HMRC perceive that as an investment. So it doesn't qualify for business property relief. It is going to be fully chargeable 
on death and therefore, as you say, it's not a liquid asset that's easy to pay an IHT bill. Property does get a special 10-year payment plan where if a lot of somebody's estate is locked away in something that is illiquid, you can take 10 years to pay the inheritance tax, but there comes an interest charge with that. Okay. So, Sarah, my next question is, what do I need to consider when drafting a will? I think the first thing to say on a, on a will, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, Richard, is the most important thing is have a will. Start, start somewhere, have a will. Even if it's not perfect, a will does give you the ability to vary a will. The other thing is, as a, a will is nothing to do with inheritance tax. It's who's going to look after your children when you, when you pass away. If you've got something sentimental, it, it might decide all those things. So there are lots of things to think about when drafting a will. From an inheritance tax point of view, I suppose it's making sure that you don't leave an asset in such a way as you might lose a relief. So, for example, the new residential nil rate ban that came out is only applicable if property is left to direct descendants, i.e. children or grandchildren. So some people might use to choose to use a trust when they pass away because they view that that's a way of protecting assets from bankruptcy or divorce. But if you leave things into a trust, you might miss out on some of the, the reliefs that are available. The bit that I would add about wills that I always find quite strange is that I have the odd client who thinks that if they write a will, then they're automatically going to die. So they try and put off having a will. And obviously, as we know, a will is absolutely vital. Otherwise, you're dying intestate. There are different sets of rules. It complicates everything immensely. And the other point that to highlight is that you can't do a deed of family arrangement without having a will. No, um, exactly. And a deed of family arrangement is, is a situation that they actually use when Princess Di died because they obviously weren't expecting it. But it meant that she could deal with her affairs in a more tax efficient manner after the event of death. So having a will is vital in all areas. I think another thing to think about with a will is depending on your age and the age of your children, whether or not you want to skip a generation. So if you're already wealthy and your children are wealthy in their, in their own right, you may consider leaving legacies to grandchildren as opposed to children to skip a generation for inheritance tax. Yep, yep. So, I don't think we might have already partly covered it, but what is the annual allowance and how can we use it? So, the annual exemption is the £3,000 that everyone's allowed to make as a gift each year, which doesn't count in your as part of your estate when you're counting back after seven years. So, everybody can make a, a gift, one gift of £3,000, and that doesn't get added back to their estate. If you didn't use last year's exemption, you can carry it forward, but you can only carry it forward for one year. Um, a bit like Richard said in the introduction about the 325 not changing, obviously the £3,000 hasn't changed for a long time and perhaps isn't as significant as it, it would have been a, a few years ago. Um, there's another relief, isn't there, for people who, when they get married, you can make yeah, another... Yeah, so you can make £1,000 when somebody gets married and it's more if it's your child or your grandchild getting married. Um, you can also make small, regular you know, birthday and Christmas gifts that are small, they don't get added back. I think the reality is that the those reliefs are relatively minimal and for high net worth individuals, I know that Sarah, you've worked particularly on some cases where you've looked in detail working with the client for a number of years um, as they got older, i.e. before death, to look at regular gifts out of income to make more tax efficiency in the client's estate. So 
that's a really, really powerful way of, of uh, it's a, re a reality that as we get older, we don't spend as much money. So we spend all our year, young years trying to build lots of wealth. And as we get older, we just don't spend as much. So if you've got regular income that you don't spend and you can prove that it's, it's surplus income, that can be given away without adding to your inheritance tax liability, even if you die within seven years, as long as you can prove that it was surplus income. So I've got a few clients that I work with and it's a cheery Christmas exercise to sit for the, for the year and work out what was their income? What do they pay the tax man? What do they go and spend on the holidays? What do they spend on heating? What do they spend on everything else? And there is a form on HMRC's website that you can download as a template for this. At the end, they work out this was our surplus income and then write checks to their children with a letter that says, dear Fred, this is my surplus income this year. Happy Christmas. And as long as you've got the intention and you can show an intention to make that as a regular thing, that will then be uh, safe from inheritance tax. And I've got examples of grandparents who've used that to pay grandchildren's school fees, um, but haven't had it added back to their estate. Yeah, my father did that meticulously as well and always thought that if the revenue wanted to come and chase him, well, he'd be dead, we'd be dealing with it. But um, it, it was a lot more difficult. You know, he had a smart car and did everything, went on his holidays and that was his surplus. So he gifted it. So... Will a life assurance policy affect the amount of inheritance tax paid on someone's assets? So it will if the policy, I believe, isn't written correctly. Obviously, this is more your area of expertise, Richard. But Yes. I think there you've got to check on whether the policy has been written outside of your estate into trust. And that's something we see all the time. Many, many financial advisors do not understand the intricacies of inheritance tax and get it wrong. But we look at, for our clients, checking whether they are efficient in all angles. And it's all part of that holistic advice and bringing the client's affairs, both in lifetime and planning for death, all together in a tax-efficient manner. Obviously, a lot of people want to use a life assurance policy because they want to know that their beneficiaries aren't going to have to liquidate assets or aren't going to have to scrabble around to pay their inheritance tax. But as Richard says, if you've written something and it forms part of your estate, it can make the problem worse, not better. Yeah, I also know it's one of the strange things with SJP, St. James's Place. They advise all of their clients about taking out a huge life assurance policies to pay the inheritance tax bill. And I've always thought... Why didn't they start the other way round with if there was any basic IHT planning that they could be done to reduce the IHT bill rather than paying a huge premium for a whole of life plan? But that's where we come into our own. Absolutely, because I think a lot of people view life assurance as the only way. I think yes. bank, some banks also recommend the, the, it's, they view it as the only way to solve your inheritance tax. And as we've hopefully said all the way through this, the thing to do is start looking at it early and chip away at the problem so that some people still want some life insurance just in case, mm. but you don't want to be stuck with massive premiums as you get older when it gets more expensive. No, it's a blunt instrument. Okay. Another point that we haven't discussed yet is the significant benefit of pensions in inheritance tax. And I think that's something that, again, maybe an understanding, and this is both the inherit the tax side of things and also the investment side of things are often left in uh, lost by many clients 
but we here, hope here at Thompson Wright and with TW Financial Planning, we bring that together with holistic advice in that, that pensions are a fantastic tool for um, mitigating inheritance tax and being able to spread the cascade the wealth to the next generation and the generation after um, two grandchildren as well and often not planned correctly. Yeah, I think the thing with pensions to remember is that obviously they're tax efficient to make the pension contributions. Once you've got a fund, especially now since we've had pension freedom, you've got a fund that sits outside your estate. You decide who's going to benefit from it. You can add beneficiaries and, and, and make sure that they're going to get, get something from it. And it's a good way of growing something that's outside of your estate and you're not concerned about its growth where something that's inside your estate you might always be thinking oh, blinks if it grows too much i'm adding to my inheritance tax tax problem um so yeah pensions are absolutely fantastic and because of pension freedom can be used by people straight away totally i think that makes a very interesting um another podcast for 2020 with Chris Devy and Stuart Maddox joining us in regards to talking about the exact legislation around pensions that is very, see, a lot of clients are very confused about before they seek help. And we can lay out exactly what are the rules on drawing your pension, both in the earlier years and then they change at 75, but that's a whole load of detail. Yeah, I think the thing for a lot of people is people are still perhaps have old-fashioned views of yeah. pensions and think that oh if i die my spouse is only going to get half and then then yeah. it's going to die with them and that's not the way they are anymore no. is it no that's a good one for the new year so how can thompson wright help with protecting people's assets from inheritance tax so i think the way we help people is we start at the beginning so we look sit with you look at what you've got look at your will make sure that's written efficiently make sure it's been recently reviewed and, and it, it's current and does what you want it to. And then we start to do all the things we've set out in this podcast. We start to look at the bill and see how we can chip away at it. What things can we do? What gifts out of income can we make to stop the liability getting any bigger? What assets are we happy to, to give away in lifetime? What assets are we going to change the investment strategy so we're going to qualify for some business property relief? And it's, a, it's an ongoing journey that we go on with our clients to make sure that when something happens we've done everything we can to make them feel better and that we understand their affairs so that when something happens to somebody i have a lot of clients who have a document that says in the event that i pass away and the first line on it says phone sarah because if you've worked with someone and we've we've worked with them on a plan we want to make sure it's it's seen all the way through and we've, we've helped somebody as much as we can totally so what I would say is um, we believe here at Thompson Wright we're in a very, very privileged and very unusual position. The depth of ability and advice we have with Sarah, um, with her step qualification, going through to our uh, understanding and knowledge in investments, uh, pensions, etc. is extremely unusual to have under one roof. Please do come in, contact us and let us help you and review your situation that's very, very specific, tailor-made to you. And we believe we can reduce majority of clients' inheritance tax liabilities. 
Absolutely. We, 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 everyone we work with will come away from a review knowing more fully what they what they're going to what they what the where they are and and with with ways to to, to mitigate. So please give us a call here at Thompson Wright. Thank you. Mm -hmm.